Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. Good morning, Mark. You're looking strike. Oh, it's not February. Not you're Never good. mind. You got a, a week to go. A week to go. Right. Yes. So thank you. But thank you. You're right on schedule, though. You're going to need that. In well, one, it's on my mind. <laughs> Is it? Right. You they think keep about threatening me at the front office. If I don't remember to say it, I'm out of here. You think about that a lot, do you? <laughs> I do. Indeed. Okay. Well, we'll leave that at that. All right. Uh, well, I am Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is here. He's an actual conservative. I play a liberal on the radio. Lynn Hall's our great producer. We're going to hold off on calls initially. We have a guest in the studio, but we will open up the phones later. With that, we welcome Patricia Lawton. Patty, if I may. Yes, you may. Welcome back to the microphones. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Patty is a Democratic candidate for state Senate in the 27th District from Bloomsburg. Uh, is involved in speech therapy, speech pathology, right? Speech language pathology. There you go. Okay, yeah. super. All right. So I'll move a little bit closer to that mic, if sure. you would. And uh, tell us about yourself. Democratic candidate for state senate in the 27th district. Yes. Um, I'm a wife, a mom of three young men, and a stepmom to a young man and a young woman. Uh, my parents are military, and I have one son in the military, and my stepson's in the military. So we're a family of service providers. I've been a longtime speech language pathologist uh, for 30 years now, working from early intervention all the way through adulthood, but primarily I've worked in the educational setting, early intervention all the way through higher education. And currently, um, finishing a dissertation in administration and leadership studies while I'm also teaching in higher ed. Is she going to be a PhD if this track continues? Absolutely. I'm a PhD candidate right now, so I'm actually typing up results of my study. And where are you studying? Indiana University of Pennsylvania. All right. Everybody knows where that is. All right. Now you are running for... Indiana, Pennsylvania. Is it? (laughs) Okay. Are you sure, Joe? Birthplace of whom? Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Stewart. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this to each other. I, I, will, I will get you. Okay. Anyway, so uh, tell us about your run for political office, Democratic candidate in the 27th District. Yes. Um, you know, we were chosen just before uh, the holidays after Senator Gordner stepped down. So uh, I've been working hard at knocking on doors, trying to get out our message. Um, give people a choice in this race, and, uh, you know, things are going well. I look forward to uh, meeting some folks tonight down at Marzoni's in Sealands Grove at 6 o'clock, so folks are welcome to come out and meet me there. Now, it's an uphill battle for a Democrat in this particular district. Just tell us about this. What's the mission and the mindset that goes into that? Have voters having a choice. You mentioned right. that. What, what else goes into the decision-making when it, it will take quite a bit of work not insurmountable. You know, the Chris Carneys and uh, Democratic state representative John Gordon are come to mind as uh, Democrats who succeeded around here. I think my approach is really just um, 
I genuinely want to serve people. I think it's important for people to have a choice. Um, I believe that regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, at the end of the day when you get the job, your job is to serve everybody in the district um, and do the best job that you can in those leadership decisions that impact all of their lives. So that's really how I've approached this. Well, you've said that your uh, main goal is to get your message out. What message are you trying to get out? That I'm here to serve, that I'm not playing party politics with people's lives. Um, I am a person that can sit down at the table and listen to a different perspective and a different opinion and willing to work together to create solutions that have meaningful outcomes for Pennsylvanians. There's some big issues that come up from time to time, uh, early childhood education and child care. You've yes. talked quite a bit about those. So yes. let's uh, one, first one, then the other, because they're not the same. Early childhood education, tell us about the importance of that. Where are we lacking? What could Pennsylvania do? Well, those first few years of a child's life, as I, I think I stated to you last week, we spend the first few years of our life learning language, the rest of our life using language to learn. Um, so those early years are the foundation of everything else moving forward in their education as well as adult outcomes. In early education, you mean birth to well, six months? Or? You start learning language. I mean, there's some evidence that we're learning language before we're born that we're actually hearing. You know, when we're when the systems are are working, we're actually hearing. Um, but you know, the the process of learning language starts from the time we're born. Um, so that, you know, those early years are, are foundational. So daycare is important, um, and early childhood is also important. Those early childhood education. Uh, early childhood education. So we need uh, better funding in those. There are some policy things that I would like to see happen in the way that we're, um, the, the number of providers that are there providing, especially uh, early intervention services. Um, we need to increase quality and affordability and access to preschool programs. Um, the problem in the daycare population is that, you know, it's not necessarily a sustainable business model under the way it's currently uh, happening. It isn't affordable for a lot of folks. Um, the pay is very low for the people that are providing that care, so there's a high turnover um, which creates instability for children, which that is also not good. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to really sit down at the table, I think, and get people around a table that are really willing to talk about what's the best way moving forward, whether that's universal pre-K, you know, uh, you know. So, and we definitely need more spots in the programs that we have. Um, I did some early intervention just last year in the Shimokin, Line Mountain, Mount Carmel area and can tell you that we had more children that needed a spot for a Head Start program than the number of spots that were available. So, um, and same with pre-K. So, you know, I think, again, making sure that we can service the kids that do require those types of classrooms.
Well, Pennsylvania has one of the largest and most expensive state legislatures in the United States of America. There have been proposals in the past to cut down the number of people representing us in Harrisburg. Uh, there have been talk about term limitations. Where do you stand on, on this, the fact that we have a, a rather bloated Pennsylvania bureaucracy? Right. I, I think those are things we should always look at. Um, I agree with term limits. I think that's one way that we could sort of curb uh, the influence of, you know, special interest groups and things that funnel that money into folks where we're now keeping a position for that power rather than doing the work for Pennsylvanians and the American people. Um, and I think if we can make things that's more efficient, cost efficient, especially as, you know, it, things don't become cheaper um, when we're struggling to fund the things that really matter, if we can reduce the size, the number of representatives perhaps, that it, it is something that's more affordable for Pennsylvanians. I think these are things that we should be willing to talk about and, and look at the pros and the cons and then base the decisions on that. What about some of the big state issues? For example, uh, the cost of state government, uh, the fact that, uh, um, well, Governor Wolf and now Governor uh, Shapiro have really tried to crack down on what the legislature can accept in the way of gifts, and yet there's been stories about the state Senate, about them being able to take uh, different kinds of... Um, what global junkets. Global junkets, right. <laughs> Is that, you know, do you think that that influences the way people vote in Harrisburg? Do you mean in terms of campaign finance? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think there should be. Pennsylvania has really no regulations around campaign finance. I And, and we know that then you're beholden to the person or uh, group that's donating the most amount of money to you. So I think getting rid of sort of that corruptive influence in policy decisions is something that absolutely should be looked at, not just in Pennsylvania, but uh, nationally. Well, and I think after elected, you can go anywhere on somebody else's dime, like Sheets sent some people around the world to Taiwan or something, some global trip, you know, supposedly a learning experience so they could learn something, but uh, um, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a basically a bribe, you know, it's right. a free trip around the world. Maybe, maybe you do gain something from it, I don't know, but uh, none of our local legislators went on that particular uh, trip. Okay, so other big issues, uh, the state budget itself. Where is some of the excess in the state budget itself? Maybe the legislature, some, you mentioned that. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's one of those things I think we need to address regarding state budget is looking about the procedures in passing the state budget. So those code bills that are where we actually hash out between the House and the Senate how money gets spent. Um, this is an area where, you know, a bill can get introduced and there's less than 24 hours for folks to really look at that and see what's in those packages and where that money's going. So it's kind of provides a lack of transparency for Pennsylvanians to really have time to know where that money's going, to be able to... Um, you know, speak with their legislators about what they want. It, it doesn't give enough time for our elected officials to really do the research and understand what's being asked in each of these code bills. So I think one thing that we could do moving forward is to improve those procedures, some rules around that in the amount of time 
that you have between the introduction of those bills and a vote so that good decisions can be made, that we're not slipping little pieces of line items in there that really don't benefit Pennsylvanians as a whole. So I think that's one thing that we could do that would you know, help in our spending as well as bring transparency to Pennsylvanians. One of the major issues around here, of course, over the years has been transportation and transportation-related issues. Uh, Senator Gordner and your opponent were very instrumental in getting us the funding to build the Susquehanna Valley Thruway Project. And, of course, we have issues with the Turnpike Commission being practically bankrupt and having mm-hmm. to support PennDOT, and also they're taking money out of PennDOT's budget for the state police. Where do you stand on transportation and the issues like, you know, should the state police be funded separately? I think they should be funded separately. I think uh, those taxes that were meant to repair our roads and our bridges need to go there. I also want to make sure, though, there's a plan that we actually do fund our state police. Um, I, I think some of the issues that we see in policing is the fact that they're not funded in the way that they need to be. Um, and so, you know, I think we have to be careful that it's not a, uh, a drop or reduction in funding, that we do fund the police from our budget, um, but give our taxes from our, you know, gas, et cetera, uh, to the roads and the bridges so that we can continue to improve our infrastructure here in Pennsylvania. All right, let's do fill in the blank before we take a quick break here. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you what, we waste a lot of money in Harrisburg when we... Fill in the blank. Oh. <laughs> Wait, where's a big waste area? How about wake up in the morning? <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's redundancy that okay. we certainly can see. So, you know, if, if uh, and if, take for example, grant funding, there's those administrative costs. Uh, you might be a person that oversees several grants, yet there's administrative costs attached to all of those. Ideally, you don't really need all that. And that might be a person whose their job is to do that anyway. They're getting paid from some entity to oversee those grants in anyway. So there's places that we can get rid of redundancy. I see redundancy in education that concerns me, honestly. This might be no, you know, a controversial topic, but I think it's one that we should talk about. Um, we pay special education to service those children, and yet there's access billing, so we're billing Medicaid for some of those services. Um, and to me, that's sort of double dipping in two pots of taxpayer dollars. And I would argue, you know, yes, we have lack of funding in education, so let's fund it appropriately so that we don't need those access dollars. And those access dollars at times are tied to that insurance money, prohibits providers from really making good decisions about the way that they provide care, especially in the school setting is what I'm talking about. So I think there's places that we can look at that redundancy and say, is this the best use of our taxpayer dollars? All right, we're going to open up the phone lines if folks have a question for our guest today. Patricia Lawton is here from Bloomsburg, Democratic candidate for the state Senate seat that's open because of uh, the resignation of John Gordner in the 27th District. There's a Republican candidate and an independent right or libertarian right-in candidate in this particular race. And so all have had a chance to be on WKOK's On the Mark. Thomas Anderson's going to be here Thursday. Linda Schlegel-Culver was on earlier. Uh, All but Linda 
Linda have been on Sunrise, so we're trying to squeeze her onto Sunrise this week so she can get a, a morning appearance as well to talk about her campaign. But Patty Lawton is here now. If you have a question for her, you're welcome to call us. Uh, you call 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Mm. Mm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. Mm. out of auto repair. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. If you have a question for our guest, Patricia Lawton, Democratic candidate in the 27th District State House race, 570 State Senate race. Oh, thank you. 570-743-9565 is the telephone number. 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword ODM. One of our listeners uh, says, ask Mr. Mrs. Lawton, how electric vehicle owners will help pay for road construction and repair when they pay zero gasoline tax? Well, that's a good question. Um, a lot of our cars right now are hybrid, so there is... They're already paying less. They're, right? Yeah, they're paying less. Um, so, I, I, you know what? I, that's a good question. I think that's one where we can sit at the table and really talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, how we're going to fix that. Yes. Maybe a mileage fee, you know, per mile, something along right. that line. Mm -hmm. Joe? One of the other issues that's come up, and it's been a subject of some contention in both the House and the Senate, is election reform and voting and, and you know, voter ID. And mm -hmm. Should we be requiring people to prove who they are and able to vote in order to vote? Well, right now they do have to prove who they are. The first time they vote in any uh, polling place, they have to provide ID that first time. So... Uh, and to get a registr to register, do you need to provide ID? Do you happen to recall? I mean, you can yeah. it, you can register when you get your driver's license. There's that automatic process right there. Um, but when you sh when you show up the first time at any poll, and even when you move, they ask for ID. I think our our issue with voter ID is making sure that folks have access to that. If if we tie that right now into the DMV. You know, I just met a 102-year-old woman from Luzerne County. She's never driven. She does not own a, a state ID, um, and she votes every election faithfully. It's a big deal for her. She dresses up. She goes. She votes. We don't want to prohibit uh, Pennsylvanians from voting. So I would entertain voter ID if we can improve access to state ID that would improve access to government services so that we're not, you know, um, 
unnecessarily providing a barrier for folks in voting. Well, what did she provide the first time she went somewhere? She you know, that's a, a good license. question. That's a good she, question. She I'm knew Mabel sure. with the big book, and <laughs> so she just said, hey, it's me. I, I think, though, that I think, you know, we talk a lot about election security around the country and here in Pennsylvania, and it seems to me one of the surest ways to have security is to make sure that you can identify the person who's actually voting. Well, I think one thing to remember now, I'm an, uh, I've been a judge of elections recently in uh, Hemlock Township in Columbia. Columbia County. Uh, I think one thing to remember is that we do, especially, you know, here, we're, we're all voting in the places that we live. Um, I know 90% of the folks who walk through those polls. Um, the other folks that do, um, you know, we make sure we're looking at the signature match. Those, they're looked at when they sign in with us. They're looked at, um, again, you know, in the election uh, process afterwards, after that day, those signatures are looked at. Um, I'm not the only one at that election poll, so between me and the other folks there, we generally know most people walking through those doors. Um, but that's not election security. Well, <laughs> that's just an acquaintance. Yeah, well, it's an acquaintance, but you know, you have to remember that people that work those polls, we're there to protect democracy. We take that very seriously. There's an oath that we take. Uh, when we enter that day. And I can tell you right now, and, and we, I've done it, uh, when we see something that, you know, we had, for example, a poll watcher that was interacting with um, folks, and that's something that's not allowed to happen, I stepped in, stopped that from continuing, and, you know, we're there to protect democracy. Um, and it's, like I said, I would entertain some type of voter ID as long as that we can make sure that Pennsylvanians have access to that. We know that if it's tied to the DMV, we all struggle to get to a DMV to get our picture taken when it's necessary. So let's not create unnecessary barriers for folks. Let's make sure that whatever we do, there's easy access to it, maybe in public places, um, you know, public libraries, et cetera, places where we can easily get folks in to get that identification. But what's, what's the problem? You just saw, said that I have to go out of my way to get my photograph taken for my driver's license. Why isn't that easier for me? Well, you know, again, the the um, state, in, in a way of saving money, has reduced the number of places that DMVs are located. So many folks have to travel outside of their area. Uh, the the amount of time that those places are open is very limited. So again, these are barriers for you folks. You can stop now. Joe does not get <laughs> that anybody has a barrier, even though 10% of Pennsylvania's no, population my, my says point, they my have point a is, barrier. My point is that if you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to get right, it. Right, exactly. Your 100-year-old friend, you, you tell her, look, you can crawl to the polls to get her ID. Well, what did she do before two or three years ago when she had to show up in person? All right. Uh, so I'm just saying that there's, there's a lot to consider in this, and it, it's not an easy answer. I'll agree with that. It's not an easy fix. But I think, as you point out, we have a we have a vested interest in making sure that our elections, that we never go through what we did. We never give a Donald Trump, and I'm a Republican, we never give a Donald Trump a reason to say the election was rigged or Correct. it was fixed. I right. encourage folks to learn about the election process, to volunteer. Um, I, like I said, I've been a poll worker and a judge of elections. I have more faith after going through that process. Um, when you see all of the layers of protections that are there. And frankly, the evidence uh, for massive fraud is not there. 
All right. One of our listeners says, please ask her abortion, gun control, and death penalty. So death penalty. Wow. There's three. There's well, this is Lance. <laughs> you know, I might as well just ask him. Save him the dial. Um, yeah, I'm not comfortable with the death penalty. Okay. Uh, gun control. Any changes in gun laws that would make us safer? I think we need to think about, you know, reporting lost and stolen guns um, when that happens. I think we should sit at the table and really seriously consider red flag laws that could reduce gun violence. Abortion, pro-choice, pro-life? I believe that abortion should be legal, safe, and infrequently used. Okay. And uh, number of weeks, 15, 24 weeks, something like that? Legal, safe, and frequently used. Okay, so no weeks. That's a modification of Bill Clinton's legal, safe, and rare. Okay, I got you. That's fine. Legalizing pot. One of our listeners says, I want to smoke pot without any restrictions, period. (laughs) Well, I think that's He's going back to bed shortly, so we have to ask the question. I think that's like any substance, like alcohol. Um, it can be made legal, but there has to be regulations around those things. All yeah. right. You can hear in the headphones, Mike from Bloomsburg, you have a question for our guest? Yeah, I have uh, many reasons that I could go into why I believe that our election system is not secure. Just a question. Just, just, just a question. question. Mike, you Mike, made the just comment a question. that we had a safe election. What is the justification for that comment that you have? Thank you. Okay, right. she heard it. Which, sure. For which comment you heard the, the question? The, he wants to know the justification for the that the election was safe. Oh, gotcha. the, okay. The justification you, is the the many many uh, court cases that legally Trump was allowed to bring forth, um, and that there was lack of evidence in all of those of any significant fraud. I think we had like what one case in Pennsylvania where a gentleman had uh, used his dead wife's ballot to vote for President Trump. So the the evidence is not there. Um, And you can read these court um, cases. You can look at the evidence for yourself, do the research. So that that is what we have. Uh, Of course, we had recounting uh, in many places. And where do we get more information about you you on other views? Um, I you can look me up on Facebook, uh, Patricia Lawton for PA Senate District 27. Again, I'll be at Marzoni's tonight. Um, at six o'clock, and uh, feel free to reach out at Lawton, the number four PA at gmail.com, and I'm happy to get in touch with anybody. Thank you so much for running it all, and thank thanks you. for coming in today. All right, thank you for having me. Patricia Lawton on WKOK Sunday. CBS News. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Uh, Mr. Joe McGranahan is right directly here. across me, ready to go, presence and accounted for. I am indeed. Lynn Hall's on the other side of the glass, ready to take while well, she's doing that right now, taking a call from a good individual. So uh, we'll Maybe it's a bad individual. You don't <laughs> well, really that's know. That's true. But we think everybody who participates in the <laughs> show is pretty care. good. So oh, we're, it's, we're, an, we're it's an angry man. So. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Can't All we, right. Can't we have any happy men to call on the show? No, nah, that would ruin the whole program. <laughs> All right. 
On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line gone, but uh, the new telephone number is 570-743-9565. That's 570-743-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We do have some brief news headlines here. A man from McClure is charged with threatening state troopers. According to Sealand Grove State Police, 49-year-old William Allen called the CSR 911 Center a dozen times and said he was going to injured troopers. The injured uh, the incident happened early in January. Allen said he was from the city and had the ability to injure at least one responding to each state trooper. Knew about pipe bombs as well. He's jailed $50,000 bail. Expect both commutes to be affected by the winter storm tomorrow, especially if you commute after 8 a.m. like Joe does. So our morning commute is going to be the one that's effective. So plan for slippery travel and slow travel with this snow arriving. And then it's going to continue throughout the day. And then sleet and freezing rain, says Jeff Nordine from AccuWeather. We have the full forecast posted at WKOK.com. We keep you up to date with Winternet as well. Northumberland County Commissioner Chairman Sam Shikitano says he'll seek a third term as county commissioner. Shikitano said he's hoping to continue fighting tirelessly for the county's senior citizens, veterans, and all of the residents. Shikitano noted a list of accomplishments over the last few years, all of which he said he's done with zero tax increases in the last three years. And without the use of COVID funding, some of those accomplishments include two major capital projects, the renovation of the courthouse, that's $4 million, and the establishment of the new Northumberland County prison. A former Shemokin City Councilman who's been embattled with the Northumberland County DA over his involvement on Shemokin City Council is again seeking re-election. Uh, Joe Lashinsky announced Monday seeking re-election, saying he's looking to take back the two years left in his former term, that term being filled by Tanya Lashinsky right now. Joe Lashinsky says Shemokin residents were robbed of their votes by the county DA, Tony Matalevich, where he claimed Lashinsky was ineligible to run due to his criminal record. Northumberland County President Judge Charles Saylor then overturned that in a court ruling last year. You can read more about that at WKOK.com. Penn State's president says it's time for the state to buck up and give it some more money. Speaking to the Pennsylvania Press Club, Neely Bendapudi says she's concerned that Penn State received the least amount of funding per Pennsylvania student of the state-related universities. We receive about $5,600 per Pennsylvania resident undergraduate student. And if you compare that with our fellow universities, that's about $2,600 and $3,400 less, respectively. That's about 50 to 60% less. Ben Deputy says that hampers the university in its vision of access and affordability. She added that adequately funding Penn State is critical to keeping costs low and to invest in the quality of its faculty and staff and academic programs. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. WHTM reporting that the chance for a sexual abuse extension of lawsuit uh, constitutional amendment in Pennsylvania, the clock is ticking. Survivors of child sexual abuse are watching as that constitutional amendment they have been pushing will likely die in the state house this year. Uh, the GOP leader, Representative Brian Cutler, said, I think it's very unlikely. Unfortunately, we're ready to work. We'd love 
love to vote on that issue. I wish we could be in session. The newly elected Speaker of the House, though, is out of town on a listening tour. He starts out in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Cutler said, quote, when our leaders sought to negotiate House rules and work in special session to help the survivors of child sexual abuse, Republicans declined. I resign myself to the fact that it's not going to be on the May ballot months from now. There's only so many things I control, uh, can control, Cutler said. Uh, so that looks like that'll die for lack of a second in Harrisburg again. Well, of course, I think Republicans got wind that's going to cost school districts a gazillion dollars, and so uh, they may. this may be tantamount to sort of silent uh, lack of support for that. And uh, a new Gallup poll about health care reveals we're all pretty confused about what we want. Nearly three out of five of American adults think the federal government should guarantee and provide health care coverage. But more than half of us don't want the government actually running it. We still prefer to use private insurance rather than the kind of system they have in Canada. So three in five people think Americans should have free health insurance coverage and that, but the current system should be the way that we provide it where we have that insurance and then you go to I guess sort of Medicare for all, for lack of a better phrase. That's my interpretation. All right. So we open up the phones. 570-743. No. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. 743-7-9565. Yep. It's 570-743-9565. Stan knows how to dial it. He, he keeps <laughs> memorizing the new number. Every time we announce when he writes it down. <laughs> Sounds like some confusion there. Yep, yep there is. Got it. <laughs> Trying to teach oh, well, old dogs I, a new trick. <laughs> yep, too many numbers in your head. I understand. The what whole was your name there. again, Stan? <laughs> no. I have that problem every day. So, uh, so again in California, I'd like to know what they're putting in the water out there in California. Another crazy person went out and shot up some people, and then he turned himself into the cops. So. Maybe we'll find out what's going on there because he didn't shoot himself like he did one over the weekend. So maybe we'll find out why. But again, it was an Asian, an older Asian guy. Well, what's up with the old people too? I don't, I don't quite understand what's going on. Well, now, now, they, <laughs> now they want to blame guns as usual because you know Joey first thing in the morning got on a, evidently made a statement that we need to. Congress needs to pass more uh, an assault weapons ban. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so even now we're going to use this for political purposes as usual. You know that's that's the well, way maybe, the system works, I guess. Maybe we need a bill to keep firearms out of the hands of elderly Asians. Is that what you're saying? Well, well maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, two in a row here. You know, and this, and the one that happened, I was it. This morning or last evening, evidently, I think it was last evening, because it said something in the report I read that the kids were getting off school buses. They were returning home from school to the farm because it happened in two locations. This guy went to two locations and shot seven people. So he had a problem. I don't know what the problem was, but he had a problem. Okay. And I, I don't get it. So somebody needs to look into what the problem is in the Asian community, I guess, because it seems to be happening pretty regular out there. And the other thing is California has pretty restrictive assault weapon laws right now that you can't just go into a store and buy one. So one of our, one of our what's, what's, what's going to happen? Well, there? I'm not certain. I, I haven't heard what weapons were used in either of these attacks, except that the first one where the guy killed himself, he was in possession of a long gun. 
Right. Today, the one to happen, I guess it was last evening, last yesterday afternoon, whatever, yesterday, he had a semi-automatic handgun. Is what he When he turned himself in, that's what they found in the car. Because he drove to the police station and waited for him to come out and throw him on the ground. Because evidently that's what happened, <laughs> from what I read. And that was in a BBC report. So, you know, they said it was videotaped, and that's that's how they, you know, put him on the ground and cuffed him and took him into the custody. But do you think people really care about these shootings? You know, I know politicians have I their... I care. Okay. I care, Mark. I don't want it happening at all. Nobody should die that way. Nobody should be shooting them up. And I want to know why it's happening. And it isn't a gun. Because I know there's millions of people out there with millions of guns in their possession that don't go out and shoot people. So that's what I want to know. Why? Why are these older people doing this? I mean, this is two in a row that were older Asians. Now, I'm not saying putting the blame on the Asian community. I don't think that's the problem. And I don't think it's elderly people. But this is two examples. So, you know, as the things go, isn't that what we're going to blame it on? Because that's usually what it is. You have one or two, you know, criminals, and if they're in the black community, okay, we're going to blame it on the black community. If they're in the Asian community, it's going to be there. If it's in a white community, okay. well, then it's white supremacy. Well, what, what, so, makes, what makes anybody think that they can solve their problems by killing another person? It has I, to Joe, be a mental I defect. I have no idea. Well, a mental defect. I'm sorry. I think people who go I, out and take another human life are inherently nuts. I, and I 100% agree with you because you have to be not just a little bit crazy. You've got to be a lot crazy to go out and kill somebody on purpose as, as you know, a first thought. you just got to be stupid. Now, if defending yourself in your home is a whole other different subject. You know, in people in their homes that defend themselves and kill people don't necessarily want to do it. But if you're sitting in your house, peaceably minding your own business, and somebody breaks in your door and threatens to kill you or harm you, that's a whole other problem. Well, look at the issue, and I th- this happened down south somewhere, and hasn't gotten a lot of publicity, and I don't remember all the details. But there was a gentleman sitting in a restaurant with his wife when someone came in and robbed the restaurant, and they were waving a gun in the face of patrons. And without any warning, he stood up and shot the guy. And oh, he- that was in... Texas. <laughs> the, yeah, not once, but he, he emptied the gun on him. And, of course, now they're trying to press charges against him, saying what? that he didn't he she didn't need to keep firing the gun after the guy was down. So, well, maybe he watches a lot of movies, because what happens in movies, Joe? The guy gets shot, goes down, and the person that shot him, because he was a good guy defending himself, thinks it's over. And then the guy gets back up. So <laughs> I don't think the he's going to get back sure up. He was with never going to get back up again. Yeah, with eight bullets in him, I doubt he's going to get back up. Well, I, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I may have been excessive. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I, I can't judge. Now, what I first saw was it happened in Houston, from what I understand that, and the guy shot him, gave the people their money back that he had stolen. The guy had stolen, then walked out of the restaurant and left, and. There was a report that the cops wanted to talk to him. He wasn't in any trouble. Now you're saying they want to press charges against him. Well, there's a press. There, there. I'm not saying they want to, but there are people who are saying people who oppose uh, waving guns around in public places that he <laughs> he was excessive in what he did, and that he did he could have stopped after the first or maybe the second bullet. He didn't need to empty the gun into the guy. Well, that 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 that, that may be right, but that guy made a decision. Like I said, he probably watched too many movies. Anyways. That that being said, yeah, I, you're right. I you know, and, and he probably should have sat down and waited for the cops to, because everybody in the restaurant would have been a witness that he protected. No. Them. 
okay? He wouldn't have been in less trouble. So I, I, I don't know the circumstances of that other than what I've seen on the video because there's video out there that shows it all. Well, I agree so, with you on the on the getting back up. I mean, anybody who's ever seen a Michael Myers Halloween movie knows <laughs> that once you think he's dead, he gets back up and kills more people. They also run into the exactly. chainsaw house. Why right. would you do that? You right. know, <laughs> you, you know it's, it's called double tap. One of the chest, one of the head. They don't get back up. And the John Wick movies prove it all, all the time. And if you ever watch the Wick movies, and I, 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 I clap every time I see it because the bad guys, you know, you look at John Wick supposedly is the hero, the hero of the thing, although he's a hitman. So take that with what you will. But every time somebody attacks him, he puts one in their chest and one in their head, and they don't get back up. <laughs> and that's now, a, uh, <laughs> He's a movie. He's a hitman that only kills people who have it coming. Well, he, he's it's it's retribution and all that. But you got to watch the movies. But it is what it is. But he does it the right way. Somebody's attacking <laughs> you. Want to make sure they're down and they stay down. All Remember, right. dead Maybe men not. tell no tales. Okay. That was a Charlie Chan movie, by the way. Stan, thank you so much. Have a good one. Yep, much appreciated. All right, bottom line there, talking about uh, the, uh, are there changes in gun laws that are appropriate? And, you know, we really, it's 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 a slippery slope once you head that route, because some changes really have no impact at all. Some things, you know, we, we call them assault weapons. There's really no such thing other than maybe automatic weapons. That's not what's being used in these situations. Well, we've, so. we've been in this dance before, and I think there are certainly some common sense things that should be done. I agree with our prior guest. You know, universal background checks don't seem completely onerous to me. You know, uh, having red flag laws doesn't seem onerous to me. But then I'm not a gun owner. 1-800-795-9565 is not our telephone number. Call us at 570-743-9565. I'm just warning people. Oh, I 570-743-9565 is our telephone number. Are there any common sense changes in gun laws that would make California safer? They've had three shootings uh, in the past 48 hours. Uh, uh, one was in Louisiana. Okay. Two were in California. Well, I think three in California and then one in Louisiana, right? If I have it right. The, the two major attacks were in California with the the most dead, the one in Louisiana was people wounded, but I, maybe one died there, I think. I don't know. It's all, it's all bad. It's all bad. Right, but one of our listeners texts us and says, nobody cares about the shootings. Really? Well, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's right or not. All right, we do have some texts, and so we will read those on the air, but we would invite you to text us at 70236. Always include the keyword OTM, so it goes to the right uh, category. If you put in there news, it'll go to the newsroom. If you put KX, it'll go to our sister station, 94KX. So you want to put in the keyword OTM and then type your message. you got 150 characters. And if you put in the keywords, Mark Lawrence is strikingly handsome, it goes to the the garbage can. <laughs> oh, thank you. I hear you. <laughs> All right. And, and if you uh, put in the keyword, whatever, I like Joe McGranahan years ago. <laughs> <laughs> He'll know exactly what you mean. All right. Uh, email us at onthemarket.com and uh, call us 570-743-9565. On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Just a snowfall. No Six big inches deal. of wet snow is a big deal. Well, yeah. Well, we, we, somehow I think we can do this. We haven't had much snow. Uh, lower right-hand corner. All right. Any law-abiding gun owner that has a firearm lost or stolen will report it as soon as they realize it's missing. Only criminals won't, so another law won't help. Because they're already criminal. Right. I got and you. Then oh, making an excuses idea. for people not being required to have voter ID every time is showing some bigotry, saying people can't get the ID. No, it's not bigotry. There's 10% of the Pennsylvania population. And then this can't one, I think, is, this one's particularly interesting. It says electric cat owners do pat fuel taxes. All right. We'll ask our caller what that means. Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning. Hey, um, you know, when it comes to guns, my mother had a muzzle loader stolen from her home. There is not a serial number on a muzzle loader. Right. Well, that's not a traditional firearm. That's not viewed as. Uh, it's a, a gun. Right, but you don't even need a permit to get one. You just buy them over the counter. And if you want to. And do, uh, as far as the caller earlier was saying about people with electric vehicles and not paying fuel taxes, well, I'm sorry, but. I have to put gas in my electric car sometimes, and I do pay taxes. Well, you don't have fuel. an electric vehicle. You have a hybrid. That's the difference. People who are full EV electric vehicles don't pay any taxes. Now, you have a hybrid, so you got to gas up every couple months or so, and so you are paying a little, but not in proportion to what full-blown gas. That's just called a loophole. There's a loophole in the taxes all, all around, you know. And as far as that, that Asian guy or whoever's going out and doing these shootings, you know what? I think they're wanting to be recognized because they are being attacked by Americans. Right. Asian Americans are str- struggling with more attacks these days. That doesn't have anything to do with these particular shootings. But uh, they're shooting Asian Americans. I think some of it might. But they're shooting Asian Americans. They're not shooting other people. They're shooting Asian Americans. Right. People in their community. Well, I, I don't know that much about it, but... <laughs> well, that's what I they're doing. <laughs> that's obvious. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, all right. Anything else, sir? Uh, Kim Best for Judge. Oh, for okay. County. All right. Yep, she's on the ballot, or uh, will good be. Day. All, right, All right. Thank thanks. you, sir. Thanks. Uh, David from Bloomsburg, PA. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen, on the new, old, new number. Right. Yep. <laughs> thank, yeah, thanks for working that out. <laughs> um, in the special election next week, Linda Schlegel-Kohler is the only candidate, you know, that supports the, the Second Amendment. Um, these... You know, they always say, we have to have laws, we have to have laws, we have to have laws. I am a firearms dealer. Every single firearm that I sell or trade is covered under a background check, whether it's a rifle, pistol, or shotgun. Now, when they talk about universal background checks, they're talking about individuals selling a rifle, pistol, or shotgun to another individual without going through a dealer. Now... 
the same thing the crack dealers do, the meth heads do, you know, the fentanyl dealers do. They're criminals. You're not going to stop criminals. You're only going to affect law-abiding citizens with these new laws. First thing they talked about, <clears throat> or one of the things they were talking about after the shooting in California, which was Asian-on-Asian hate crime, was, well, there have to be background checks and they can buy guns on the Internet. That's a lot. When you order a, a firearm through an Internet clearance company, it goes to a licensed firearms dealer, and you do not get that firearm until a complete background check is done, and you pass the background check. It's only an ordering system. Just like if you bought a car off eBay, you have to go to a, the DMV to register it and transfer it. You just go and get it. You know, this misnomer they talk about universal background checks. Um, there are background checks done on every firearm sold by dealers. You know, and I like how the liberal politicians, you know, manipulate the wording of it to try and say like it's a, it's a problem. Sure. But drugs are a problem. Murder and rape are a problem. Those are illegal activities done by criminals. You're never going to affect your criminals. And by affecting the law-abiding citizens, it's saying, like, we're going to ban or put breathalyzers in every car, which is what the administration is considering for 2027 if they get reelected, to stop drunk driving. You know, they, Buducek already talked about that. So they want to penalize or infringe upon the rights of non-criminals for the sake of trying to stop a problem that doesn't really exist. Hmm. Interesting point. Right. I think I've heard that that's being talked about, but I, I don't know that that's definitely a, a, a Democratic idea. I think it's like a, a U.S. Department of Transportation idea, but I don't see how that could ever pass. I mean, that's essentially... It was, it was, it was a, a, a regulation put forth by Buttigieg, who he said, you know, it'll save against drunk drivers you know, drunk drivers from getting in anybody's car. Well, I've known people that have had interlocks in their vehicles. It's a very difficult and complex system. It can't be defeated, you know, they, they, but it shouldn't be on a person who doesn't have a drinking problem on their vehicles. There's so many restrictions and everything else. You know, we're, we're treating Americans like they're all criminals. We're prejudging them when we shouldn't be doing that. Just like with these firearms rules, the red flag laws. Well, you could potentially be. Well, that's why the Constitution was written, because the cutback on the infringement of the government on its people. That's why we have the Second Amendment. So the government can't infringe on the people. It's not about guaranteeing the rights of the people. It's to make sure that the government doesn't infringe upon the rights of the people. And that's why your, your guest earlier is all wrong about her interpretation of firearms laws and everything. And all these people have guards. You know, Chuck Schumer has a concealed carry permit for the city of New York. You know, that was brought out in the uh, presidential election in 2016 when they were bad about it. And he goes, well, my, my associate over here, Chuck Schumer, Donald Trump, said he has carry permit just like I do. And Schumer's like, why did you tell everybody that? Why did you bother everybody else with your information? Right. So we're letting everybody know what you have. You're, it's a hypocritical statement and a hypocritical action. You know, that's why I'm saying Linda Schlegel-Culver is the candidate to vote for because she believes in the Second Amendment and the rights of the people, not the rights of the government to infringe upon the people. All right, we got All you. Right, Thank enough. you so much, sir. Thank Thanks you. for calling in. Please call again. 
Take care. All right, now I got you. Now I got the new old number. I yes, you do. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, You're the in new business. old number. That's right. It is the old number. That's always been there, but no, we ever, ever used it. All right, thank you, oh, sir. We're, we're using it now. Yep, Take care, fellas. Thank you. It's going to snow. Yeah, yeah, about it. yeah, finally. I'm ready. All right, let's see. 570-743-9565 is the new old number. Yeah, we've always had this number. This is uh, a telephone number that rang through to studios back in the days of two-way radio. 570-743-9565. I'm Rodney Rice. Than Mitchell's directly <laughs> across from me. You're on two-way radio. Call us at 570-743-9565. Harry, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, first of all, Joe, I think that where that shooting took place, the guy in the restaurant, I think that was down in Texas. I don't remember, but I remember reading about that last week. Personally, I think they should give the guy a reward and uh, and make him a, uh, give him a hero's parade myself. <laughs> um, the other thing, though, too, is I think what everybody misses with all these shootings isn't so much that it's, it's obviously not the gun's fault because the gun can't just walk out of a gun cabinet or walk up to somebody and shoot it, but there was a total lack of of, uh, of regard for life in this country and the culture of life in this country in so many ways. And if you have no respect for life and no regard for anybody else's well-being or yours, you know, what can you expect? I mean, we don't, we don't value, we don't put a value on life in this country. It's, uh, it's strictly about what you want. And, it's, and, and we're a pretty selfish society. That's where we're at with it. Well, and that's our nature as humans, and I think what you have is some individuals who have a, a, a mental break, a psychotic break, or they've always had a mental illness, or uh, one that, uh, you know, leads to the disregard of people's life when it comes to firearms, and so, yeah, you have these shootings. But Well, uh, I, I would go one step further. I'm sorry, Joe. I, I was just going to say, I, I, I have a respect for human life. The human life that uh, is innocent, that has done nothing to provoke the violence, the human life that was minding its own business, the human life that's unborn but ready to come into this world. I mean, I have a lot of respect for those people. It's the guys who, it's like the guy who killed himself after he shot 10 people. Why didn't you just shortcut the whole process and kill himself first? I'm, I'm not in favor of suicide, but before you take out nine other or 10 other or 11 other individuals, who are completely innocent of doing anything to provoke you, then... <laughs> well, that's no way to exact vengeance, though. <laughs> but No, no I agree. Exactly. And, but, but the problem has become that we're not responsible for what we do anyhow. It's somebody else's fault. So, therefore, let's punish the other people. And that's what these people are doing. And that's... We do that, and, it's, and it's, the scary part is you can't say it's just young people. It's people of all ages. We are no longer responsible for our actions. So if somebody wrongs us, eh, you know what? Let's wrong them in the most most inhumane way possible. And and they don't see anything wrong with that. But there's a total lack of regard from from the beginning of life to the end of life for life. And and it's just until you address that, it doesn't matter how many laws you put in. We've got thousands of laws for guns anyhow. And you can't enforce any of them anyhow. Whether they can't or don't, it, it isn't the point. The point is they're not enforced. So why would you write another law that can't be enforced? I think it still boils so down to behavior. It, it, it doesn't matter what right. the law is. It's not. I don't think it's necessarily behavior. I think it's mental health. You know, but, I don't think anybody yeah, in their think, right mind goes out and does this. Yeah, to be what's your mindset, you? well, I'm not so to speak? That, but 
I'm not arguing that you don't have a right mind, but again, that comes down to the lack of respect for what's right, wrong, and for life itself. Nobody's at fault for what they do anymore, Joe. Think about it. Every time somebody is punished, commits a crime, well, because of this, I did that. Because I didn't like the way this was done, I did that. Well, so what? Put your big boy pants on and just shut up and go on and adjust to life. Change it through action. That's a good point. I can't argue with that. All right, we got you, Harry. Thank you Maybe so much. Maybe Mark would like to argue with it, but well, I won't. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's a, that, that is a, a an opinion. This idea of respect for human life is certainly noteworthy. I think, but uh, I think women who are in the very very early stages of pregnancy have an opportunity to think about their human life and how they want their life to go forward. So they should well, have I, the I opportunity to choose that. abortion I mean, if they so it, choose to, if they wanted sure to. The so that is that. But the shootings. Them. You're right. These people that are mass shooters do not have respect for human life. They do not have, uh, you know, they are 100% purely selfish. But I think that's our human nature. That what did you? Our, our nature. What did you say, Harry? Mark was talking, and we didn't hear what you had to say. No, I, I, I agree that, that uh, you know, I'm not even talking about the abortion, which, you know, I've spoken many times and I'm dead set against. But I'm talking about people with no respect for life taking a gun and shooting people just because they can. And that is a matter of attitude, and that's a matter of lack of, of, of morals, and that can't be addressed by writing a law. It just can't. Fair All right. right. We got you, Harry. Sir, thank sir, you so much. Wrong thing. Good point, Harry. Thank you, yep. sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. We invite you to call us, 570-743-9565 is the telephone number. It's 570-743-9565. That's 743-WKOK. You can email us, as two individuals have done, at onthemarkatwkok.com. And you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> We're complaining about something here. Right. Some municipal service not to be named on the radio. One of our textures says, you're right, Joe. If a mass killer is going to commit suicide, it'd be nice if they started with that. It would save lives. Okay. And then, Bob, oh, my. Asian shooting other Asians is an attack by other Americans? Really? No, it's Asian hate by Asians. Yeah, I didn't, I'm not get that. Anyway. And there was a family killed in California a week or so ago in a suspected cartel hit. That open border is a problem when cartels can kill a family. Yeah, I think the open border has wide-ranging implications in so many areas. Violence is one of them, but it's really unbalancing our worker system. Of course, we have language issues. You have education is being taxed. The individuals, the children in the U.S. illegally are entitled to education. That's a perfectly satisfactory uh, compromise. But I think uh, it's you know we're being overrun in, in many schools. And again, uh, having a president who ignores it is just plain uh, wrong. Why it isn't illegal? I notice the uh, Republicans are really ramping up the Mayorkas impeachment, and that's fine. But what about President Biden? He took an oath to uphold the nation's laws, and he's busting one on at a momentary basis. Yeah. Uh, let's see. On the topic of voter ID right there, Joe. Says, so we do signature verification when voting? I sign one of those electronic pads where I can't even recognize my own signature. Oh, yeah. that's You won't. That one never happen. I hope at a voting place. You're right. Yeah, those pads, you can't even... No. If, if you can if you can hold it right and sit right and get your arm right, you know... Well, you when can, I go to the doctor's office, I can't even see it. 
Oh. But, you know, and some places you go well, to, blind. for example, uh, the pharmacy I go to, uh, they require a signature for some prescriptions, but there's no pen there, and so you have to do it with your fingernail. And I guarantee you, nobody would ever know what I wrote. All right. Well, I wrote the last time I wrote down Elmer Fudd, and they still gave me my prescription. <laughs> did they? Okay. <laughs> did. Well, and his cholesterol is lower, too. It I is much add. better than mine. And then, Mark and Joe, this is Bill from Greencastle. I'm sick and tired of politicians and left-wing media using these mass shootings and other horrific acts by mentally ill people as an excuse to push their agendas. They are profiteering, or profiting from the pain of others in a deplor- deplorable way. I was going to say despicable, but deplorable. That's not what the writer said. No, I'm going with what he said. Lance, you're on the mark. And, believe it or not, yesterday at the EV hospital, I signed one of those things. And you could definitely tell it was my signature. Get out of I here. Not, honest, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, the the M is always I, I think you're exaggerating. The even <laughs> kind of laughed at it. And so what's so funny? I said, well, I can read this. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's but, funny. Uh, anyway, about the cars that uh, don't pay the tax, they do. There's a $275 levy to license a EV in our state. Well, that doesn't so, cover okay. much, though, Lance, compared to what you would pay in gas tax. Well, well, if you had uh, well, got a Honda like mine, right, that overall you get like 35 miles to the gallon, that is how much gas tax you'd pay. Now, we're paying, what, 73 cents? Oh, wow. What, tax? How much tax? Oh, 60, uh, we, this just popped up, 63 yeah. cents comes to mind? Yeah, um, just Pennsylvania up. gas tax, right? Yeah, 62, 63. So that's thought to be the how much the average person pays per year? Well, if you have uh, anything less than 35 miles to the gallon, you're paying more than that. Anything less. Oh, I got you. Okay, so they came but, up but with the number. Well, that's interesting. It's uh, 61 cents. 61. Right. It increased by 3 cents on January 1st, bringing a total to 61 cents a gallon. The price of diesel also increased by four cents per gallon to seventy-eight cents. And they want to repeal it, oh, but I'm, the trouble is they can't probably. organize. <laughs> yeah, but that's so another topic. If you would uh, run that uh, sixty-one cents, I think if you were uh, going uh, more than like uh, twelve thousand miles a year, uh, would twelve thousand a year would uh, pretty much uh, level it out. I think if you right. had a car that got thirty-five miles a gallon. I think that's probably the, what the average person drives is about 12 or so. Yeah, right. So that's what they have done. Uh, I mean, you can uh, figure that, what, you're at 60. Are you doing the math while we wait? <laughs> I've got a calculator right there. And I, we all do. Yeah, well, figure it out. See what it comes out to per mile. All right, we'll work on that. Well, yeah, That'll Joe be our homework on that assignment. Oh no, that oh really? It would be about two cents a mile, wouldn't it? Okay. Thirty. Well, if you got thirty miles to the gallon, let's say, that yeah. would be uh, two cents a mile. Then you're paying gas tax. Well, as one of our callers uh, indicated, tried to tell me, uh, gas uh, EV drivers are paying gas tax. So I didn't realize that. That's uh, interesting. Do hybrid drivers pay that also? Well, for the for the uh, gas they put in, actually, just for their gas, they do use, but share. they don't pay a separate I don't, I fee. No, I tell you the truth. I'm not sure if you license a hybrid where there's an extra uh, uh, tax levy on there for your license or not. I got you. Okay. You no, know, all I do know, though, a total 
uh, electric car that you've got to pay $275. All right. Lance, did you hear we asked your good questions of our candidate who was here earlier? The big three questions? No. Gun control, I, abortion, and... I, and got a, uh, no, I got a phone call, and I was on the phone and couldn't do the both of them until exactly 9 o'clock. Oh, so I got what, you. What happened there? Well, we had a Democratic candidate for office here. We asked her about death penalty, abortion, and gun laws. As our good friend Lance told us to ask of everybody who ever comes in here about four years ago. Okay. And we got our answers. We'll, yeah, pro-choice. I imagine typical Democrat. Yeah, pro-choice. Gun law changes could make us safer. And uh, death penalty, she does not favor it. Ah, well... I think she's pretty well toast in our district, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, it's an uphill battle, so we did talk about that. But, uh, you know, we need all kinds around here uh, of opinions to further these discussions, and uh, it is feasible for Democrats to get elected in this region, so um, you oh, know, yeah. maybe not this particular race. It might be too high of a hurdle, but uh, some other race seems to be pretty informed on a wide range of things, particularly uh, stuff that relates to early education and child care, so that would be helpful in Harrisburg. Um, and she'd have to bone up on gun laws. She just didn't have too terribly much information there. So that when you know, when that issue popped up, she'd have to hit the constituents and get the facts. When well, you talk yeah, about gun laws and say hit so the constituents, it sounds like but you're out organizing a hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. Every time we do get a Democrat that is the old Democrat, they're primaried out. Well, how about Tim Holden? Remember that? Well, they that tried to all. get rid of him and couldn't. No, yeah, they, did, they did finally get rid of him. fantastic old Democrat oh, okay. that I voted for. Yep. Tim was a good congressman. Very good congressman. That was he Chris was Carney. He was sheriff back in the day, too. Yep. Chris Carney was a great congressman. And where is Tim Holden yep. now? Is he on He's a head of the Liquor Control Board. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's it. Uh, there's no room in the Democratic Party for anybody with any common sense anymore. No, Chris Carney wasn't primaried out. He lost in the general. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because of... Yeah. Because of a heavy Republican registration edge. And? And the fact that he voted for Obamacare. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. He probably could have got reelected. <laughs> That'll do her. <laughs> yep. If it weren't for yeah, Obamacare. It's a, a chink in the army, that's for sure. All right, we got you, sir. Well, thank you so much for calling, Lance. Always good to hear from you. Yep, take care. You bet. Yep, we'll talk again. All right, we have time for more callers, 570-743-9565. I'll say it slow for Joe's sake. 570-743-9565. There you go. You can email us, same old address. We've been using (laughs) this email for 50 years. Let's change that, too. Let's really mess us up. No, no, no more changes. (laughs) We changed the text to one time, remember that? I do. Uh, On the mark at WKOK.com, and the new text is 70236 include the keyword OTM. Mm. Mm. When car repairs get difficult... Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of
of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. All right, please read the email in the upper right-hand corner because our good caller sent it, but uh, we never read it. I will read it. Cliff says, does this make any sense? A commentator on CNN said over the weekend that he saw no violence in the Atlanta riot other than when police tackled rioters. Another story about a Fox News commentator who was attacked to leave, leaving a restaurant because the owners, or was asked, rather, to leave a restaurant because the owners felt the conversation at his table caused harm to other patrons. <laughs> Words are violent. But arson is not, and of course those. And what happened in Atlanta? I'm not. The familiar. violence down there. Well, these Antifa thugs came into town, and oh, they, and okay. there's no denying they were Antifa. And they had a normal community protest until Antifa they, showed up. They raised Kane about you know the police trying to uh, needing more training, so they rioted over a police training center. The Antifa people. The Antifa okay. people. But they there set were fire other to things. protesters that were just normal. You know, were mad. I'm sure about there were some other people there, but the ones they arrested. Uh, obviously, we're not from Atlanta. Uh, okay. They were from wealthy families, uh, and they had a history of violence. And uh, so they were Antifa. But right. the vast majority of everybody else was not Antifa. There wasn't was a vast n- majority. This was not. Oh a, no, there were hundreds of people in these. Protests. That's not a vast majority. A vast majority would be like half the city of Atlanta coming out. And no, a thousand people versus a hundred who were arrested. That's a significant majority. Most of the people were nonviolent. But you're saying, I'm just saying, you have detected, and I trust you. Most of you, the people in Washington were most on peaceful on January 6th were nonviolent. You're, you're tainted by your conservative goggles <laughs> that the, it's Antifa that did the violence. Well, your liberal rose-colored glasses are showing. <laughs> hey, in Marktopia, everybody has to wear rose-colored glasses. It's our only rule. Cindy, you're on the mark. Does that mean I can't come because I can't find my rose-colored glasses? Uh, no, we'll issue a pair at the door. Oh, just like sing, math. Just sing Kumbaya, thing. and they'll let you in. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. that's true. <laughs> I do know the words to Kumbaya. Listen, I have, I'm, it's so obvious, and I'm just so proud of myself that I've come up with the answer to this whole gun thing. Are well, you ready? Mm-hmm. You know, you were looking for a law. I've got one. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Let's pass a law that says you can't shoot another person with a gun. Hey, now there's no, a heck now of that an idea. Would never work in America. <laughs> well, that's not how we do things. I'll tell you what. Let's okay. If you don't like that one, let's pass well, a law say, let's explore that, that, that you cannot <laughs> shoot a bunch of people with a gun. Now, should there on. be a differentiation between shooting them and killing them and shooting them and wounding them? The NRA will never go for it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you should be allowed to shoot another person except in self-defense with a gun. I. I, I can't believe we haven't thought of this. If well, we right. had this law <laughs> and everyone followed the law, then this problem is solved. <laughs> it is. You're we, right. You've we, got that right. If we just recommended that people stop at stop signs, we'd save a lot of metal. <laughs> so, where, you know, what's my point here? It's, I don't think that laws are the answer here because we have laws, they prohibit this behavior. And then it continues anyway. And that goes back to the definition of insanity. So those people who call for more laws, it's like beating your children even more. And that's going to change the situation. And we all know that that doesn't. So 
Why are we turning to the same answer that hasn't worked before? All right, we got that, that because makes we're insane. Sense. Yeah, that makes common <laughs> sense. We got to get rid of Cindy. Anything else? In, no. <laughs> I can't wait for Snowmageddon. Oh, and tomorrow. I called today without using my paper with the phone number on it. Good oh, for you. Good for All you. Right. I can learn. Yeah, Thanks, girls, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, girls can memorize stuff faster than. Well, Cindy brings up a good point, and she does it in a humorous way. Uh, not that there's anything humorous about killing people, but you know we do have laws, and she's right. And one more law isn't going to make much difference. I mean, you you always say common sense laws that are going to keep us safer. Haven't we already enacted them? I mean, what idiot decided that the laws we have aren't common sense laws that make us safer? Well, and I think what people are talking about, or what Senator Toomey was talking about when he would talk about that, or Joe Manchin, he was saying, okay, well, we require background checks. Is there some way to change them or enhance them that might make us safer? We have red flag laws. Is there? We Now we have red flag laws that are imposed in the U.S. in some places. Are they working? Do they make anybody safer, or is it just a fancy way to remove somebody's guns for a while? Well, you know, you know so that's what people are talking about. I understand with Cindy and Stan, that's his whole beef ever since he started calling the show, is that we already have a gazillion laws well, that you we're know, not enforcing. You know the old saw, best practices. What are the best practices with respect to gun laws? Where are they working? What state has come up with some ironclad way of stopping gun violence? Well, I can tell you the best practices are going to be in the field of mental health. They are not going to be right, related I agree to with guns you. and sales and weapons and these kind of things. But, you know, you still have some individuals that uh, may show no signs or symptoms and perfectly law-abiding uh, most of their lives and then have some sort of a mental breakdown. I don't know the psychotic break. It might not be the right word. But, uh, you know, they become significantly mental ill and cause a shooting. Is there something that can prevent that? I can't imagine what it would be. There are people who be. drive cars into myself. crowds of people. You know, they're, they're, if someone bent on mass murder of any type is going to find a way to do it. Yeah, somebody yesterday said close the clubs. Okay, we have more emails to read on today's topic. All right. I am so concerned about the final results of the issue of the classified documents being found at Biden's residences. Everyone should be concerned, too, and if they are not, Let's they should be. Let's read this tomorrow. All this right. will be a good conversation starter tomorrow. Right. From the smartest woman to in read the world. It. Yeah, the smartest woman in the world. So we got to give her more respect. Uh, let's see. One of our listeners says, I was notified by PennDOT. My electric car title is now known as a gas slash electric car, the hybrid. So maybe they will pay a little bit more in taxes. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.